0: what up everybody it's me your boy ryan alter welcome to another episode episode two to be exact of sports talk unfiltered unapologetic and uh man right when i walked through the door tonight i hit that 10 train 708 train out of out of the mont fremont and uh headed into tracy back home walked through the door got home a little late tonight had a, had a little business late tonight and uh Kiss the wife, tuck the kids in bed, and I look at my phone, man. Twitter's just banging, just blowing up with Antonio Brown stuff. And sure enough, man, he got his wish. Well, I don't know how much he's wishing on it. (laughs) He got a trade to Buffalo. So it looks like the Bills it is. Um, I don't know if this is official yet, uh, but usually when Schefter and Rappaport got their mitts on stories like this, man, they tend to be true. So uh, the funny part, I got to admit, is Brown's over there just in total denial and saying it's fake news. (laughs) Oh, man. It's just funny how that lame Trump saying is is just all over the world now whenever somebody uh, wants to discredit something. It's actually kind of hilarious. Anyway, um, this has been by far the biggest topic um, in the NFL and the whole offseason, in my opinion, at least uh, the whole Brown Steelers relationship started to just really deteriorate really bad um, starting in the final week of the season. And then um, he didn't end up playing that final week. Basically, the story goes, supposedly um, they were doing a walkthrough. Roethlisberger kept wanting to run the same play like seven times in a row. Brown got pissed off. Uh, Said something about it. Roethlisberger asked for him to be yanked and put in another receiver so they could run the play over and over again. And uh, Brown walked off the practice field and didn't come back. And that's how the story goes. Um, They yank him from the final game. He doesn't play. And one thing leads to another. And and he just kind of, I think, in his mind at least, was standing his ground. So I've had a lot of thoughts on this topic for uh, uh, quite some time now. And I figured I would take uh, episode two here on a sports talk, unfiltered, unapologetic to get this out there. Listen, Antonio Brown has had it made in Pittsburgh in the aspect of no one's going to feed him the rock like they have there, whether it's been Todd Haley or uh, Bruce Arians, or obviously his quarterback's been Roethlisberger. He has um, earned his keep. So to speak, by working his tail off from the moment he was drafted, he was a late round pick, probably at the time wasn't even expected to make the team. Uh, made the team, was immediately um, known and made an impression as a hard worker. Worked his way up to the, you know, making the team and then got on the field at some point. And then next thing you know, he's starting and getting significant time and becoming a, a really productive player. And then that quickly changed into basically a top five, top three receiver in the league. Uh, some would argue Brown's been the best receiver in the league. And that's a debate for another time. But nonetheless, he's had six straight seasons of a hundred catches for 1300 yards. Last year he had 104 grabs for 1315 touchdowns. And I think he missed two games. I know he missed obviously the final week, but maybe even another week. So this guy's a hog, man. He'll uh, he'll get in there and work, and he's going to eat. And that's just the way it is. Now, uh, I actually have been saying this for quite some time. The Niners were the first team uh, linked to picking up Brown uh, in a trade of some kind in the offseason. That's really because Brown started that rumor by liking a bunch of the Niner players' Instagrams, and him and Kittle started chattering And him and uh, Joe Staley, who also went to Western Michigan, started chattering. And that's how that kind of rumor started to come about. And I think in the beginning, to me, Brown was just posturing and trying to kind of call the Steelers bluff and just hold his ground. And what happened was, I think his ego started to kind of take over in that situation. And what it's really been is he just hasn't gotten along with Roethlisberger for a long time. And I think if I'm in his shoes, i probably just swallow my pride and maybe say something to him uh, behind closed doors, talk to Tomlin, even talk to Rooney before this escalates and get out of hand to the point it has. Because he's just not going to put up the same production and get the same opportunities pretty much anywhere else he goes, okay? Um, When you look at the other situations in the league where they have passing offenses such as that, so those other teams um, already have a plethora, normally, of receivers. Um, and Brown going in there, he's just not going to get moved to another organization and put up the same numbers. It's impossible. And that's kind of been my argument from the very beginning. I'm an unapologetic yet suffering diehard Niner fan. And then with the Niners being linked to him from the very jump, I was nervous about it because I felt like, Shanahan has the ability to scheme to get him open without question. Look at what he did a few years ago in Washington with Garcon, what he did with Julio Jones in Atlanta. He knows how to use a big-time receiver, okay? And he knows how to scheme to get him open, and he'll have Jimmy G would have gotten Brown the ball here. But I don't know if Shanahan and Jimmy G would have gotten Brown the ball to the tune of 100 catches for 1,300 yards. Okay, I just think that the moment Brown was going to, get shipped out of Pittsburgh, those days are over. It's just hard for you to go to another destination and produce like that. It just doesn't happen. I mean, the only guy in a way I could probably think of that's ever done it uh, was when Brandon Marshalls did it for, you know, I think he ended up going to the Bears and uh, I can't remember if it was the Dolphins or some other team after um, the Broncos, and he was still a 100-catch player, okay? And now Moss, obviously, Uh, did really well in New England after he left the Raiders. But no one would have guessed that at the time because when he left Minnesota for the Raiders, he just was a completely different player and just dead in the water. And going to New England just kind of rejuvenated his love for the game and revived him. Well, Brown, I think wherever he goes, he's still going to work hard and he's still going to be a productive player somewhat. But I think he's not going to be producing like he did in Pittsburgh. And I think when that happens, what do you expect if you're that team? Look at how he's crying right now after six straight seasons of 100 catches, 1,300 yards, all right? If he comes to the Niners or anywhere else and he's catching 70 balls, he's going to be pissed. And then what happens after that is you start getting somebody who's going to poison your locker room. So I think a lot of these teams are weary of it. I mean, hell, Chris Ballard of Indy, Flat out said it. He wasn't going to even entertain discussing a train for Brown. Okay, and you're talking about a team in Indy. You had Brown to go along with T.Y. Hilton. That's a formidable force along with their young defense and really good offensive line. And he won't even entertain the idea of it. So I think Brown, uh, a little bit, I don't blame the guy for not wanting to put up with Wafflesberger's crap, Okay. Roethlisberger is a very good quarterback, easy shoe-in Hall of Famer. Uh, He had his best career year this last year stats-wise, 5,100 yards and like 34 touchdowns. The guy's an animal. Um, He gets nicked up every now and then pretty frequently this last year. I don't think he did, but pretty often he can get banged up a little bit. And He also has an issue with taking some brunt of the blame for when he plays bad or makes mistakes. But, you know, if you look around the league, I don't really see a lot of quarterbacks sitting there raising their hands saying, hey, I messed that up. That's my bad. Right. Quarterbacks run this league. That's the way it's been. And that's the way it's always going to be. And it's only gotten worse in the last 15 or 20 years when they've all voted to change the rules to protect the quarterbacks even more. They're the face of the league. They make the most money. They're the most important player by a mile. It's no secret that if you don't have a quarterback, you don't win in that league. Okay, so Brown has worked his tail off, gotten to the status he has. He's a great player, but he's kind of taking on Roethlisberger and Roethlisberger's prima Donna attitude. And it's a little bit of a no win situation for him. It's a it's a battle he's not going to win. Okay, because he's the quarterback. And I think if I'm in Brown's shoes, I take my 15 million I was going to make next year I kind of just maybe tell Roethlisberger how I feel outside of the cameras and outside of the locker room. Maybe come to some type of middle ground or agreement and stay my myself in Pittsburgh and keep having a Hall of Fame career. This guy's trajectory of where his career is going to be headed is probably going to do a 180, especially if he ends up in Buffalo. I like Josh Allen's possibilities, but I also think he can end up being a wet turd. All right? He's got great athleticism, and he can bomb the ball, but his intermediate short throws and in-between stuff, I don't know how it's going to work out for him. I think it's a really, really suspect deal here if Brown goes and ends up um, in Buffalo. He might not even be a 1,000-yard receiver anymore, let alone 100-catch, 1,300-yards type guy. So I don't know. I've just been really, really nervous About where this guy is going to end up and what his production is going to be and how his attitude is going to be because of that. So I've kind of always just thought, what are you doing complaining, man? I mean, it's, I get that you and Roffelsberger don't get along, but you know, go, go hash it out, you know? Um, But it is what it is. We'll see how this thing's going to shake out. Uh, He's acting like it's not a done deal, but obviously, uh, Rappaport and Schefter are reporting that it is. Uh, which means it's about as real as it gets. So the other only other layer I wanted to discuss about this is what Buffalo actually gave up to get this guy. So it's obviously not going to be, um, the high pick in the first round or wherever they, I can't remember their draft slot right now, but that's obviously not the pick that they're, uh, giving up to get him. And if they are, they're just flat out stupid. Okay. Because that's not his market. And, um, you know, it's one thing to overpay for a guy to a degree, but if nobody else is offering that, um, then why would you offer it? Okay. Now I am an unapologetic, as I said, suffering Niner fan. And which in turn, there's certain teams in the league I just hate. Well, I really hate the other 31 teams, but I love the NFL. And there's just some I hate more than others. <laughs> The Raiders obviously just happen to be one of them. It's just our rival and always has been. But the Raiders deserve some credit here because they've been the people getting ripped on all year over the Mac deal, which is deservedly so. I really, to be honest with you, thought the Cooper deal was fine. I get he went to Dallas and did well. But if you would have told me you're going to give me a a first for Amari Cooper in the offseason or uh, when the year started or even late last year, I would have done that deal all day. Because I know he's young, but whatever for whatever reason, things weren't working out with him in Oakland with Carr and in Gruden's system. Now, the Mac thing, that's a completely different deal. And I don't think they would have anticipated the Bears being as good as they were when they they made that deal, but at least they got a big haul for Mac. And part of the reason that this trade went down is because Mark Davis is one of the only non-billionaire owners in that league, okay? They... In a lot of people's eyes, he couldn't afford to pay Mac a hundred and something million dollars. And then they're about to move into this stadium in Vegas. And I get that Mac is probably a shoe-in Hall of Fame player, but you're gonna you're gonna have him as your cornerstone of the franchise, with there's nothing wrong with, but they just weren't willing to tie up that kind of dough in him. And if you look at it on the flip side, they drafted Mac fifth overall. The rookie signing cap had already started in the league by then. So they had an MVP caliber year out of Mac couple all pro years out of him uh, some big seasons from him and pretty much on the cheap okay a top five player isn't making peanuts but he's not making what they used to back when the guys would sign for 60 70 million bucks before they even played a snap they have a, a limit on what they can make now coming out of college so the Raiders got a lot of good use in the four or five years they had him and then they were able to trade him for the Bears for three high picks They just weren't as high as they thought they were going to be this year because of how good the Bears and then coupled with Dallas are making those picks in the 20s. So having said all that, everyone was rumoring the Raiders were going to give one of their picks in the 20s for Antonio Brown. And I never saw that, and it didn't obviously end up happening because if the market for him was Buffalo giving them a second or whatever they have for him, then there ain't no way that the Raiders had a first on the table. Because if they did, Pittsburgh would have been all over it. And that's obviously not what happened. Now, I could be wrong. And uh, Buffalo gives them a high first rounder or something for Brown. And that's just nuts, man, if they did. So I highly doubt that's the case. But sooner or later, we're going to hear about what the compensation is for this uh, deal. And it's only going to be a matter of, of time before that gets out. And I'm expecting it to be a second or a third, some type of movement like that. So we'll see how that all shakes out. I'm willing to bet, though, that, you know, if Buffalo's pushing their chips to the table to get this kid, they got a good, strong defense, a really good defense, and they think Brown can make a difference and help Allen out and they can be a playoff team again, um, then I'm sure they're obviously willing to guarantee this year and next year on his contract, and we'll see if they can get him the ball. Uh, changing gears, but staying in the NFL, I, I wanted to address another topic uh, that's going on with the Giants. Um, and it's another receiver, actually, that I've seen on the on the basically what I kind of describe as the media trade market, right? So the offseason comes, man, the NFL is still a, a big talk of the town because they're smart with how I've said in my last pod, how they market their brand and they space things out because their offseason is so long. And so the combine was this last weekend, and then the draft will be next month, late April, and free agency starts in mid-March. And so what what these guys do is, it's not so much, in my opinion, the teams. It might be sometimes, but it's kind of hard to pinpoint. But the media will put out stuff just for chatter to get some clickbait and get people talking and whatnot. And one of those, oh, excuse me, issues is, not issues, but rumors is, Odell Beckham Jr. He's been the topic of trade discussion. I've noticed a lot in this off season, and yet the only thing that Gettleman, uh, Giants GM Dave Gettleman, has said anytime he's been asked about it, which I think he's only even commented on it once, is why would we sign Beckham? Okay, last year to the big deal we did just to trade him, and I think they've already paid him twenty million dollars of that deal in that one year between signing bonus and and roster money. So, that would really make no sense for them to do that at this point. He's also, I think, 24 years old. When the kid plays, he's electric. I mean, he's just his talent, man, is just undeniable. So, um, he's been mighty quiet in this offseason, but I just don't see it. The, the Giants, to me, are a little bit of, of a mess right now with some of their moves. i I complete head scratchers with um, not signing Landon Collins or tagging him, I mean, and then, or, and or trying to sign him to some type of a long-term deal. Um, I know they don't have the best cap. Even when Gettleman got in there, I think they were like having some cap issues already. But I don't really know why you just let Landon Collins walk when he's 25 years old, a really good up-and-coming safety. And even if you think he has some issues in coverage, you got offered a first from him last year. So if you were just going to let him walk the next year for nothing, why didn't you just trade him for the first you got offered last year? It doesn't make any sense. Then you keep Manning at like 18, 19 million. And I understand he's won you a couple Super Bowls, And I think ownership must have something to do with that. Um, as far as they're squeezing Gettleman on that issue and kind of forcing him to make do with that because they, they refuse to cut him with one year left on his deal. They'd rather let him play it out. But the guy's 38 years old. He's just not anywhere near, the player he was, which he wasn't a great quarterback to begin with anyway. He was always been solid to good, and he had a couple good playoff runs. But, you know, as an overall career, he's kind of been an average quarterback. And at 38, and unable to move in the pocket, uh, a bad line. And other than Beckham, he doesn't have a ton of weapons. I mean, he had to throw about 95 screens to Barkley last year. It just seems kind of silly to me that they're refusing to address the quarterback situation while they sit and pay a 38-year-old like $19 million a year. So Giants are doing a lot of of weird and questionable stuff, and I I don't know what's going on in that organization. Uh, It's hard for me to sit here and argue the pick of Barkley now because he honestly might be the best running back in the league, especially with Gurley's arthritis rumor going around. And, um, you know, I'll take Zeke any day of the week also, but Barkley definitely has a say here for best running back in the league. And um, it's hard for me to criticize them like I did at the time last year for taking him at two. Although as funny as it sounds, even if he is the best running back in the league, okay. um, And an electric player, and he's going to help them going forward. I still would go back and take Sam Darnold second over him because they would have had their quarterback of the future right there. And I happen to think that Darnold's going to end up being a good player. And I think he would have been worth the stretch and the risk. I think in this league, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win. That's just what the history shows. And that's what the odds are. So they had a chance to address it. And I think most teams realize that unless you have that player at that position that you need, which is quarterback, you're, you're going to struggle to win and make the playoffs. And I think you need to keep taking guys until you get your guy. So the Giants passed on Darnold. They did get a, you know, a great running back in Barkley, possibly a, a once in a generation type running back. But look what it did for them last year. They still sucked. So and they're going to suck again this year too, without question. Obviously, uh, letting go of Collins, who every player in that locker room said is a complete leader and one of their best players, um, it's just. I don't know. We'll see what's going to happen with that. The Giants, though, they're a definite mess right now. Um, The other thing I wanted to discuss involving that actually is taking a quarterback at six for them, okay? If you're going to keep Manning, you need to take your guy at six. And that guy for them should be Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, okay? Uh, Although I am a Michigan fan, And I can't stand Ohio State. Haskins, to me, I got to call a spade to spade. He's going to be a good player, in my opinion. He's got great size. He throws a great mid-range ball. He's a winner. And I think it's surprising that more teams aren't talking about him and and moving up to get him if they're a needed quarterback-type team. I don't know if Jacksonville just doesn't have the draft capital or um, whatever – compensation to offer somebody to move up but it's kind of a shock to me that they're going to put all their eggs in one basket with foals but i think that's because john d Filippo or some other guy from philly is in jacksonville now that has ties to foals and that's why they're going to end up doing going that route but i don't expect um, that to materialize um, the way it would if they moved up and get a young kid jacksonville i think with their defense and a few of their other players, probably thinks they're still closer and is a win-now team, which you kind of have to have that mentality in that league. But they wouldn't be, I don't think, far off if they took a guy that they thought could play as a youngster like Haskins and you still, next thing you know, two or three years from now, he might be a superstar. Um, I I don't know. It's, it's a real risk when you're – just picking up, taking a chance on a, on a vet in that league, like Flacco, Foles, or whoever, if they're not in the perfect situation and they don't have a ton of guys around them. Foles played great for that run in Philly, and he played well last year too. But a big part of that um, had to do with his supporting cast. So um, I think when you're talking about drafting a guy – as a good team, most of the good teams in that league take the best player available. They don't draft or need, okay? They take the best player available. You have a board, every team does, a big board. They have their guys ranked. And what happens is they're going to take the best player available no matter what their needs are. So in other words, an example for this is could be pass rushing. You could never have enough pass rushers in that league. That's just flat out the way it is. Um, even if you have, let's say Denver, they have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. But let's say Montez Sweat from AM or Josh Allen from Kentucky, for some reason, uh, obviously Nick Bose is not going to fall to 10, but one of these other guys does. You can bet your bottom dollar that Denver is going to take that pass rusher there, even though they have Chubb and Von Miller, because that's the best player available. And a good organization takes the best player available. They don't take for need unless it happens to fit um, both. So if that person could be someone they need and also the best player available. But draft capital for me um, is a little bit sometimes overblown, but sometimes not. What I mean by that is if you can take a guy um, that you want really bad – Sometimes it's just better off just taking him. If you think he is the best player, he's that high on your board. But if you're talking about a guy that you're picking 10th and, and he's slated to go in the 20s, it doesn't kind of make sense for you to take him at 10. You know what I mean? You should be trying to move back and get someone comparable or whatever. Um, so that, that whole thing is a tricky situation because – there, there's always a set kind of compensation for for when a, when a team has to move up. And usually when someone's moving up into the top 10, it's to draft a quarterback. They're not moving up, making a big trade, and giving you a ton of stuff into the top 10 unless they're getting a quarterback. So like last year, for instance, the Jets moved from six to three. Okay, they moved up three spots, and they gave Indy two second rounders to move up three spots in the top 10. All right. Now I think Indy turned around and used one of those on Darius Leonard, who was an all pros first year. They also took Quentin Nelson with that pick at six, who ended up being an all pro at guard. So it's obvious that Ballard knows what he's doing. Uh, He came from Kansas city. He was highly sought after. I wanted my Niners to actually get him the year before that, but we were such a dumpster fire with the whole, Trent Balky and Jed York, Chip Kelly, Jim, Tom Sula thing that no one wanted to touch us at that time. So I think that, you know, we were lucky enough to land Shanahan when we did. And the Lynch thing is still i am um, on the fence about how that's working out or is going to work out. But when you, when you're a fan of these teams, you got to have, keep the faith that they're going to, they're going to write the ship and turn things around and your team's going to eventually become a winner. Uh, so, I think that drafting is hugely, hugely important and how you scout and who you pick, it is. And it's all a crapshoot at the end of the day. So we will see how these things shake out in the next uh, coming weeks. The draft, believe it or not, will be affected by free agency, which starts on Monday. The official date of sign, guys, is Wednesday, but Monday and Tuesday will be when we, you know, you get up in the morning, you start hitting Twitter and, whatever watching sports center you're going to start to see the rumors flying about who's going where and you're going to be seeing some guys getting paid so anyway i wanted to get this quick pot in and uh chatter a little bit about the mainly uh, mainly antonio brown big ben stuff in the trade uh brown got his wish you know again i don't i don't feel that bad for the guy kind of that he's getting shipped off to Buffalo, which is kind of like Siberia in NFL terms, the way people look at it. But, hey, man, you forced your way out. Uh, I think in a small way, you kind of had it made. Yeah, your quarterback can be an ass and uh prima donna, and you don't really like him sitting there not taking the blame and, and flapping his gums all the time. But he still is feeding you the, feeding you the pill 100 times for 1,300 yards a year, so... I would have just swallowed my pride and sucked it up and finished a Hall of Fame career there. But it is what it is, and uh, we'll see how things go in Buffalo. Hey, um, have a good rest of the uh, week and weekend, and I'll talk to you guys next week, man, during free agency time. It's going to be some exciting stuff and a lot of big names moving around and a lot of teams getting better. So we'll see what happens. All right, take it easy.